Welcome to the Zanbergen Report, where wealth strategies and investment wisdom collide, featuring your distinguished host and certified financial planner, Bart Zanbergen. Welcome to our show of wealth makers and dream makers. We are thrilled to be back in the studio today with a new episode of the Zanbergen Report. As your host, I'm proud to bring in the movers, shakers, and difference makers who are passionate about sharing what they have learned and what you need to know today. Today, I am pleased to have in the studio is my partner, Letitia Bourbon. Did you change the intro? Yeah, he made. It's all about makers this week. I like it. It's been two years and she's like, hey. (laughs) <laughs> she suddenly is that noticed. different? No, you really? This is brand new. It's brand new. <laughs> I pay attention And to I show. like that first line because I think that's really what you guys do. It isn't that you just wealth makers, that you yeah. help people make, take what they have and make something of it. But it's dream makers because once you make enough wealth, once you are stable, then you are able to dream. Dream. So that's great. Right. Love it. So that's a work in process, but not bad, right? Yeah, I like it. Okay, good, good. Good. Thanks for joining us. Yeah. <laughs> Unless you nobody even know. I came running in. They don't even know that she was here 10 seconds before we went on the air. Heels yeah. in hand, Heels running in hand. through the parking lot. It's yeah. raining here. Yeah. Great. <laughs> so, Paul, you know, every once in a while we do have to get serious. Yes. And we talk about something that's very financial and very serious. And as luck would have it, we had some new laws come into play. And we have something called the SECURE Act. So, Paul, do you SECURE is actually an acronym. Did you know that? I did not know that. And and before you tell me what it stands for, when you told me today's show, I had to look it up. Because here I am of that age range. It has to do with, you know, aging people and when you take money out and stuff here. And I don't think that's really been in the news. I haven't heard anybody talking about SECURE Act. I don't see it on the front page of the paper. They're talking about other new laws that have taken effect, but that's not number one on the list. Well, you've got to change the papers you read. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think so, really. But um, but am I mistaken, or did I just miss it? I don't think it's been, I think it's a big change, but I don't think it's been well-documented or well-discussed, so I look forward to it. Today. I, I think it's been more publicized in our industry and in our industry publications than it yeah. has been with the general but I, public. But I, I wonder if the, your general clientele is as aware of it as you guys are. I mean, I know that's the purpose of today's show to well, teach them, but yeah. We're working on it. And today's, we're just going to scratch the service. We have an attorney coming in in about a month to get really deep on some of these. But the um, kind of the higher level we're going to talk about today, which is how it affects retirement plans. But just to throw out there real quick. It only it, it passed through Congress in mid December, so it's not like oh, they finalized see, it go. at the end of December. So this is a new law, and it literally just took effect in January one. So at the end of the day, you're probably not hearing it as much as because it's they just passed it through, and now it's just now finally taking effect. That must effect. be it. But there mm-hmm. are certain laws, not to verge into another uh, murky area, but the change to the. Um, uh, independent contractor rule. Oh boy, they've We're discussed gonna, that we one have a like lot. crazy in here. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's that won't be under today's subject because no. that's a show on itself, and that's that's a different type of attorney that will specialize in that. Right. So that one's got a lot of play. The Secure Act has not been one that's yeah. been well discussed. I don't think anybody's discussed it yet. So you're the first. Yay! All right. So um, Tish is actually going to run most of the show today, but I'm going to start with with a quiz to you, Paul. Okay. All right. I love quizzes. So um, pop quiz. You had, you made mention that you do have an IRA. We're not going to talk about it, whether it's inherited or not. But um, I just we'll go by old law because you don't haven't even heard the new law yet. No. So, what is the age that you have to start taking money out and start pay the government? There, I, I believe it's seventy. That was the old rule. Mm, so super close. close, but you're gonna that's a that's a no. 
Oh, really? Okay. You, didn't you quiz me about a month ago, and I and, yeah. and you had that great sound effect? Oh, the buzz. Yeah, right. Yeah. Okay, so right, that's right. A no. the buzz. That's a no. <laughs> so you got to buzz yourself. Buzz there we yourself. go. All right. So the exact age is very, very odd: seventy and one half. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah. So the new law raises that to age seventy-two. That's the so you can wait to seventy-two to take some of it out. Yeah, and and there no, is. No, wait, wait, wait. Let me rephrase what you just said. You have to start taking it out at age 72. You can wait till 72 until you have to start taking it out. Right. Correct. Yeah. So you got to take it out sometime. You used to start at 70 and a half. Now that's been delayed. What's the idea behind that? You can just keep it in there without paying taxes for a little longer? Correct. And actually, the purpose behind that, we think, uh, it's a balance because what the IRS giveth, the IRS also taketh mm-hmm. away. So that's kind of a give me, and we're going to talk about some things that maybe aren't quite as as great for the uh, consumer and the and the investor. So, do you want to um, say what the definition of the Secure Act is? Oh, I didn't answer your no. no. Yeah, Thanks right. for uh, what's the acronym stand for? All right, setting every community up for retirement enhancement. Ooh. Thank well, you. Thank you very much. There must be a department in the government that comes up with these. They sit there and say, all right, we got a new law. Come up with something. Uh, let's see. We're going to call it uh, Everybody Loses? No, that doesn't yeah. work. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so I, we've talked about it before, but there's a retirement account called the SIMPLE, yeah. which is an acronym, which is really, at the end of the day, not that simple. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of like today. <laughs> right. All right, Tish, which, uh, where should we go first? Secure Act. Yeah, so I want to make sure that everyone knows, uh, big picture, that the new changes are pretty much going to affect everyone. We're talking if you're just starting to retire, um, it's going to probably affect you more. Um, If you are um, elderly and you are going to be passing um, your money down to your children, it's going to affect state laws. And if you are a retirement, um, if you're a business owner, it could potentially affect you as well. So I've pretty much described almost everyone, um, anyone who's looking towards retiring and the major changes are to retirement accounts. So like Bart said, um, a big change is to the RMDs, which stands for Required Minimum Distribution. And they used to be at 70 and a half. And now they're at age 72. So as of 20 or January 1st, 2020. Hold that thought. Mm-hmm. So when the um, person dies or when the beneficiary. Well, no, I'm not even talking oh, we're just about talking that. regular IRS. Never mind. Go ahead. Sorry. Sorry. Okay. So I'm going to make it clear real quick. Very sorry. Um, on RMDs, so require minimum distribution. So let me take a step back. So that's basically an IRA account. And when you turn like Bart said earlier, 72 now, then you have to start taking a required minimum distribution from your account. And so- And you're gonna tell a, us how much? Or? It's, no, I'm not, it's because a the pro, it's a whole formula that the IRS sets, and it's based on the account balance the year prior. Um, so on the 1231 of the year prior, that's going to, when I say 1231, the last day of the year, that sets the value that they have to use based on that formula to take money out. It's complicated. And where would you find this formula? How would you know how much to take? Because Bart alluded to it, I actually inherited a little IRA, not not a lot. Hold that thought on I inherited. Yeah. We're going to go there because that's a great point. I want to add to that. It's a different formula. Yeah. So as far as the traditional IRA taking money out, I want to add another element to that just to be um, aware of. So each account has its own formula 
So that means, say, you have um, account at XYZ Bank with an IRA. That will have a formula, and then you have another account at another bank. That will have another formula. But at the end of the day, you have options to aggregate them all together to get a the total. The banks have their own formula? If I'm no. Gonna be- let, me, let, let, let me clarify. So it's the same formula, but it applies. It's pro rata per account. Great. And the factors of the formula are year-end balance, age of the uh, IRA owner, life expectancy, and then an IRA, <clears throat> excuse me, IRS factor. And it's the math of all those things that will determine what your annual distribution will be for that year. So it's a great time, if you're getting close to retirement, to reach out to your advisor and um, they can kind of review your accounts with you and just make sure that you are up to date. So, yeah, that's the answer to your question, Paul. So either either your advisor or your bank or your custodian, wherever the money is, they have the formulas internally, and they they can give you that number. Because what until you mentioned this today? Because I'm sixty, I just turned sixty four, mm-hmm. and my dad died five six years ago and left. I don't know, it's a lot, of, not a lot. It's twenty five or thirty thousand dollars in a IRA or something, and so that switched to my name and it shows me as the beneficiary, shows him deceased and me the beneficiary, and it's just sat there in some account earning I don't know two percent or something here. Okay, and I didn't think I. It had to come out. It doesn't have to come out until I'm 72 now. So that's a great point. So the stretching rules have now also changed. So because that already, when when did you inherit that IRA? Uh, Six years ago. So my dad was in his 90s when he died. Okay. And he was taking some of this, so there wasn't much left. He'd been taking it out for 20 years. Okay. Um, And so when he died, there was, I don't want to say $25,000 left that he hadn't taken out. And that went to me, and so I had to put it in my name. Right. So it's still there's an account, and it still shows, you know, his IRA, he, him deceased, and me as the beneficiary of that IRA, and it just sits there. It's just my little and you cash should be and, and and how that go ahead. Okay, so the, you you will, you are subject to the old law, Paul. You have three choices. Hmm. Uh, your first choice is you could take it all out in lump sum, door number one, and then pay your taxes, right? Mm-hmm. You could defer it all for five years, and then as long as at the end of the fifth year the balance is zero, you could do that. So you might be bumping up into that. Oh, because he died six years ago. Okay, so... Um, so was I supposed to start taking some of it out? I'm not going to say that you are subject <laughs> to any jail time or anything. But there, Those are one of the you two might check options. With your, there's one more option. Yeah, there's yeah. one more option for you, and it's going to yeah. be different for, the new, for people this year. The third one is... Uh, you could um, amortize it over your life expectancy. So every year, there's a form, another formula where you take out a chunk um, as long as it's equal installments over the rest of your life. You might be past that option. No one no, ever you, told me this. No one ever sent me anything or did anything. I wouldn't have. I just assumed it was. It's now mine, and so it's. Uh, I, I have till. I thought 70, and then I know they it was. changed it. It'll follow yours, your age. So so that's a good point. But now let's pretend that we're fast-forwarding. Say something happened, and you inherited this IRA today. Right. Okay, today. Not last year, today. And so what would happen now under the new rules is you would have, and since this is not your spouse, this is your father, that now you have 10 years to... Make sure that all of all of the RMDs are taken out within a ten year span. So you, you have ten years to take the money out, Paul. If if you were to were to inherit it in twenty twenty or later. 
today under the new rules. You've got mm-hmm. 10 years to mm-hmm. take it out. Yeah. And yes. actually, I need to word that. I was corrected the other day. Not if you were to inherit it. If the if the owner dies in, after January 1st, 2020, then the new laws apply. Yes. Got it. Okay. Yes. So under the new rules, there's wow. no RMDs during those 10 years. Instead, the entire IRA balance must be emptied by the end of the 10 years. So your beneficiaries... And if it's not what happens... Y- you have a penalty or something. Heavy, yeah, heavy, have a, heavy penalty. Heavy penalties. But you have 10 years to do it. So you have some tax planning ideas. So for example, say you're you are going to retire in like 3 years, then you can plan it out that you maybe start taking that money in those three years. So there's a lot of different strategies and you're going to start hearing this from estate attorneys and um, advisors that they're gonna they want to review that with you when it comes to planning and different ways of doing that. Um, so it is something that you'll want to. It'll start. You'll start hearing a lot more frequently now. So uh, am I the only one? It, again, all of this falls on us poor individuals here. Somebody, nobody called me up and said, "Hey, you know, here's here's the rules or something." You've got this money. It's just I thought it's mine now. It's my IRA, and I thought it was. I didn't know it had to be withdrawn or done anything i know ignorance is no excuse but but don't the wherever it is the bank or the place is held don't they have to tell you something yeah and they and you most likely this is all new right but you are going to get a stack of papers and in that stack of papers they are definitely going to share with you disclosures and information and so that's why you work with someone like us that will walk you through that and help you through that but not everyone is going to tell you you know verbally what's going on they might just send you a letter and it's within the information of the plan changes unbelievable all right so one more example of uh, ignorance costs you here but you want to know there is another exclusion just to let you know with that So if, say, say something happens and say your wife passes away and she has an IRA, uh-huh. you can still continue under the spousal to maintain the, um, the RMDs So that doesn't have lifetime. to be taken out? Yeah, right. You have to take out the RMDs over your lifetime. So you'll have that exclusion still. So that's nice. Wow. There's a few other... Um, things that will be taken in consideration. So... Um, and, and there's like the surviving spouse, which I just said, a minor child up to a majority, but not grandchildren. And um, if you have a disabled um, individual and then they're act- and it has to be disabled under the IRS rules, that's really important. And um, chronically ill individuals. And then there's a couple other little ones that they that they have under their um, exclusions. So the older stretch rules will still apply to the ones that I just listed out. So Tish j- uh, just said a word that's kind of a buzzword. Um, Paul, you may or may not have heard this over the time. Um, those IRAs were once referred to as stretch IRAs because you could stretch out the distributions over your lifetime. Mm-hmm. So the new terminology is stretch IRAs do no, or no longer apply except in those isolated sentences. I can't be the only person that listened to this day. You guys are even struggling trying to remember all the different variations. It's a new rule and everything to it. What's the intent of this? What was what was it supposed to do? Give you more flexibility, less flexibility? Who knows? What, what was Any idea why this change took place just because it was time to change something? I think it goes back to, well, the marketing, of course, is it's going to be better for us as, as citizens and investors. 
But if you really dive down, I think if you look at just the balance of those two things, okay, now you can wait till age 72. Okay, so the IRS maybe loses some money for a bit, right? Or it's deferred. Two more years. Yeah, two years. Well, could be a big thing when you're talking about trillions of dollars. Yeah. Right? yeah. Uh, and on the other hand, um, we as investors or citizens um, have less time now to pay the IRS the taxes due on the IRA. So I think there is a balance, the which now. I haven't done the math or the economics, but I, I got to believe that the government if you, is yeah. in favor. If you right, I'm sure they, I'm sure they figured it out. So if you do, many of us are going to live to be 80s, 90s, beyond, or whatever. Here, uh, we wanted to stretch it out into that period of time. Now you got to take it out quicker. Correct. Right, and, and that, which is mean take it out, meaning you got to pay the taxes on it. Right, right. and let, I mean let's just look at the fundamentals of that. It, that might be a, a burning question as to why does it matter? What do people care? Well, the kind of a fundamental of investing is defer, defer, defer. Right, if you can defer your taxes, you have time to earn money on the money that you would have paid taxes on. So, generally speaking, the longer you can defer, the better. And so they've removed some of that time period where we can continue to defer. So, for example, if an IRA owner dies in 2020 and leaves their IRA to their grandchildren, their grandchildren, no matter what age, will be subject to the 10-year payout after death unless the grandchildren qualifies for a disabled or chronically ill um, and likely, most likely, those will be listed in trust. So the government's going to get their money faster. Correct. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. So these are all new rules, right? But at the end of the day, this is some time to go back and re-look at your state plan. Maybe it's slightly dusty. Maybe there's new rules, new regulations that are in place that maybe it's time to kind of make some changes. For most people, this isn't going to affect um, them. This might be affecting their children or their grandchildren, how they are going to plan going forward. And ironically, we had a client ask us already, hey, how's this going to affect them? We explained the rules and then, and then it was quite funny. They're like, oh, well, you know, they are getting a, a, a nice inheritance. I'm and not so- going to worry about them. <laughs> They're getting a bunch of cash. Yeah, they can figure it out. Yeah, yeah. So at the end of the day, I mean, everyone's going to have a different feeling behind this and then we're here to help come up with some strategies to help um, mitigate that and really make sure that they, what their true goals are are still being able to be realized through some really good planning. So the, the other thing that we're continuing to look at is what's happened, what's in place, and what we have heard through the grapevine might be happening or what's being proposed. And one of them is this little kind of unknown, oh, no. what we call... Oh, you know, Yeah, yeah. So it's we call it the um, kind of the back door into a Roth IRA. Do you know what that is, Paul? I know it's a different kind. I don't know what the difference between a Roth IRA and a regular IRA is. I know there's a difference, but I don't know. So, let's pretend my husband and I make too much money to contribute to a traditional IRA. And let's pretend that I'm 55 years old. So, what I do, and I'm still working, what I do is I contribute my $6,000 into a traditional IRA. And then I get to pay my additional thousand for catch up because I'm over 50. So that's $7,000 and I deposit it into an IRA. And then I convert that 
into a Roth IRA. And that, that by doing that, you pay a minimum. Do, do you wave your hands or is there some magic thing you have to yeah, say or something? Yeah, you put we your do, advisor we, through a lot of work. Yeah, <laughs> we, we jump through hoops and your CPA jumps through hoops and then we get it taken care of for you. But it is a, um, it is a strategy that is, you know, it's fine to use as of now. And we still utilize it and our clients utilize it. So it's if something if someone wants to be able to maximize how much money they have in their Roth right now, that's what they like. That's one strategy to implement. And people, why would people like to have more money into Roths? Because as of right now, they're not having to take out. There's no requirement to take out those Roth, the Roth funds. Ah, so Wait. you can you can have that in there and defer the taxes longer on that one. Well. Actually, there's one more benefit. So, Paul, you asked, hey, what's the difference between the IRA and the Roth IRA? So the Roth IRA does not get a deduction going in, so you're not going to save taxes today. Mm -hmm. But everything in the Roth IRA grows tax-deferred, if we're using the right terminology. Mm -hmm. But then when it comes time to take the money out, whenever, no mandatory, all the money comes out. Paul, ready for this? Ready? Drum roll. Tax-free. Ooh. Tax-free. Tax-free. So all that growth over the years, you know, conceivably 10, 20, 30 years, you could double, triple, quadruple your account. And 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 you don't pay tax on it? There's no capital gain? There's nothing else that goes in one way? Well, I like that one. There's only a few ways you can get into a Roth. And so that's one way um, you get... You get to a point with your income that you no longer qualify to contribute to a Roth traditionally. So then that's why some people use this strategy to be able to get into it. And sometimes people have access to get into into it, even though they have more income with their 401k at work. Their work might provide a Roth provision, and then they're able to contribute to a Roth. And it sounds like clearly what they're trying to do is because people haven't saved, most of us, enough money to last 20, 30 years. So they're trying to encourage people at some point to put more into savings. And the benefit is it accrues uh, interest. It accrues tax-free, right? And the, and the raw thing. Well, um, practically it does. But as professionals, we have to say it properly, which is it accrues tax-deferred and the distributions are tax-free. Net outcome is the same, Paul, but we have to clarify for those okay. who are compliance. checking compliance. Got it. All right. <laughs> Um, Something else that's sad. Um, I'm sad about it because I'm I am still young and I have many more working years. And so something else. This is not something that they've taken off the table yet, but something that they're considering and they've been kind of throwing out there is limiting the amount of value that they allow you to deduct with a traditional IRA or 401k. So say I want to max out my 401k this year under a contribution and I'm going to put in $19,000. Right now I'm able to deduct that full $19,000, but they're talking about limiting that on your taxes. I know. I know. You guys are going to pay they haven't for done our, it yet. You guys are going to pay for our sins one way or another here, that's for sure. You know, it's not fun news, but they haven't done it yet, but they're talking about it. So just I would say if you have the ability to put scroll away as much as you can now before some of these laws change, do it. I'm not saying it's going to change, but you know, it's definitely conversations that they're having. How often do you discuss this stuff with your client or how often do they if if they don't have active people like you you guys are actively handling it. Your clients are covered, but most of us have got, you know, Joe somewhere that we see once a year and uh 
he may or may not bring this up, Joe or Sally here. Should we be discussing this with them once a year, twice a year, three How often do you go through this stuff? Every time there's new laws, you want to make sure that it's in front of every client. So, you know, we do a quarterly um, newsletter to all of our clients of updates, and this will be part of our newsletter, and we will tell our clients how these laws will affect them um, generally, and then we will call for them if they haven't heard from us recently, which most of our clients hear from us all the time. But if they have specific questions, we want to make sure that they're, they're coming in and we're helping them work through those strategies. Well, that's one more reason why everybody should get in touch with people like you. How do they reach you if they want to reach and uh, get get good advice, not right, the go not the uh, crummy advice I've been getting here? Well, I'm going to give you my email and Bart's email because okay. you can always get us on social media. But if you really have um, specific questions, we're not going to go emailing back and forth on that. We're going to call an appointment, have you come in or over the phone and really discuss what's going on so we understand your whole financial situation and be able to really give some really good advice. Um, my email is Letitia at OptiVestInc.com. That's L-E-T-I-T-I-A at O-P-T-I-V-E-S-T-I-N-C.com. And Bart's is the same, but it's Bart at OptiVestInc.com. Dot com and that's b-a-r-t at optivestinc.com and well, i want to make i want to be with the 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 money makers and the dream makers here <laughs> yes yeah. yes all right be with the problem makers that's right. what i've been with too long here we yeah we have more we, we have will. so much more but this uh, this is going to be a theme for well uh, next week or next, yeah, next week we weeks. should definitely yeah. finish the rest of them because there's more changes and paul you're going to hear more about what's going on in the it really it's it makes these all the more changes. urgent i know many of these shows are fun to listen to but there is an urgency to listen to some of the stuff too because these laws are confusing yeah and they affect you so it's good for you to be able to tune in and hear what's going on firsthand all right paul letitia thank you so much for contributing and running the show today Yay! Thanks for letting me run in late. <laughs> I feel like I have to take a back seat today, which was fun. I want to thank everyone who has tuned in, and we look forward to being in the studio next week. Cheers. Tune in next week for the latest edition of the Zanbergen Report, Tuesdays at 2 p.m. Catch up on our recent shows by visiting bartzanbergen.podbean.com. The Zanbergen Report is also available on iTunes, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. Interested in being a featured guest on our show or have a question you'd like to hear us answer? Email podcast at bartzanbergen.com. Bart A. Zanbergen, CFP, and Letitia Burbaum, AIF, are registered investment advisors with Optivist, Inc. and registered representatives with Gramercy Securities, Inc., member FINRA and SIPC. Investment advisory services are offered by Optivist, Inc. under SEC registration.